Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Nick Abbott. Let's talk to Simon Marks, who is speaking to us from Washington. Hello, Simon. Evening, Nick. Right, what should we talk about first? Let's, um... What, did you have a suggestion? Well, or I was I... Say, do you want to do the Brazil election? Yes, OK. Lula da Silva, what do we know about him? <laughs> well, we know that he is on the receiving end already of congratulations from President Biden and the French President Emmanuel Macron, both of whom have moved very quickly uh, to congratulate him on what appears to have been a narrow election victory. This was the second round uh, of Brazil's presidential election. Of course, President Jair Bolsonaro, the well-known COVID denier, the man who's presided over the deforestation of uh, of large parts of the Amazon, was battling for a second term in office. Lula won 50.8% of the vote to Bolsonaro's 49.2% of the vote. Mm. Uh, And while that is a a victory that President Lula is claiming and will celebrate, uh, what he knows, and President Biden and the other world leaders know, is that President Bolsonaro uh, has for weeks threatened not to recognise the outcome of this election if he lost it, very much uh, tearing a page out of the Trump playbook. So yeah. within minutes uh, of the uh, Brazilian Election Commission declaring that Lula da Silva had won, uh, President Biden put out a statement saying, I send my congratulations to Elise Inacio Lula da Silva on his election to be the next president of Brazil following free, fair and credible elections. I look forward to working together to continue the cooperation between our two countries. Now, that is President Biden and uh, President Macron. France has uh, sent a similar message, really trying to move to draw a line in the sand and make it clear to uh, Bolsonaro that there is no room for him to try and contest the outcome of these elections. But it's a close vote, 50.8% to 49.2%. Bolsonaro has not conceded. uh, And while Lula is already making speeches uh, in Brazil saying that he's going to end the deforestation of the Amazon, he's going to eradicate hunger uh, within Brazil and put the country uh, back on the kind of left track that uh, he adopted when he was previously uh, president, uh, there are fears that Bolsonaro is not going to concede and may seek to inspire some of his supporters to take to the streets, much in the same way as Donald Trump did back here in January uh, of last year with that uh, uprising on Capitol Hill. So I think very nervous hours and days ahead in Brazil. Well, quite. And it it does really... Um, echo, as you said, uh, Donald Trump. And um, there was uh, suggestions that there was going to be violence if Bolsonaro didn't win in much the same way as America has seen just this week about the violent attack on uh, Paul Pelosi. What do we know about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's just worth underscoring that in the run-up to this second round of the Brazilian election, Donald Trump actually made a video encouraging uh, Brazilians to back Bolsonaro, so their alliance remains uh, pretty close. be interesting to wonder if Bolsonaro's getting any advice from Donald Trump uh, following the outcome of this election. Uh, but absolutely, political violence very much on the minds of many American Americans. 
uh, politicians and lawmakers following that 2am attack uh, on Paul Pelosi, the 82-year-old husband uh, of Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Remember that she is second in line for the American presidency after the Vice President, Kamala Harris. <clears throat> the assault took place in their family residence in San Francisco. Nancy Pelosi was not there at the time. She was here in Washington, D.C., being protected by her security detail, but her husband doesn't have a security detail, uh, suffered a fractured skull and injuries to his arms and hands as a result of this attack, allegedly perpetrated by a 42-year-old man who had left uh, postings on social media amplifying Donald Trump's entirely false claims about the outcome of the 2020 presidential election here, decrying as a farce the efforts by a committee in Congress to investigate the January 6th uprising on Capitol Hill by Donald Trump's conspiracy theory-believing supporters. So there is evidence that this was a politically motivated assault with the assailant uh, allegedly shouting, where is Nancy, where is Nancy, uh, as he went after uh, Mrs. Pelosi's husband with a hammer. He's been charged with attempted uh, homicide, and there may be other charges uh, still to come. But we've also seen, I mean, just the most jaw-dropping efforts by some to create a conspiracy theory of its own surrounding this attack, with at one point within the last few hours, Elon Musk, the new owner of Twitter, tweeting uh, a entirely false claim uh, that Paul Pelosi knew his attacker uh, and uh, that there had been some sort of relationship between these two men. Elon Musk has now deleted that tweet after the police in San Francisco intervened and said no, they didn't know each other, there was no third person in the residence at the time of the attack. This is exactly as police have outlined it a break-in seemingly with murderous intent but all of this just gives fresh evidence of the scale of conspiracy theories now promulga promulgating left right and center all over social media mm. even to the point of being amplified by the man who now owns Twitter, you know, raising all sorts of questions about where things head, not just in the, the next 10 days as we, we hurtle towards the midterm elections here, but beyond that, of course, and into uh, the 2024 presidential campaign. Yeah, you know, I, I was looking at Twitter today, and I, and I don't know whether it has changed since Elon Musk bought it, but the amount of... Um sort of conspiracy theorizing that was on there today i, I, I was rising raising my eyebrows or almost prepared to believe what it was that they were suggesting because the they, they put a, a picture which may or may not have been the home where this attacker lived and there were um, sort of left-leaning posters in the window and they and they said well this doesn't look like a somewhere where a, a MAGA person lives, like a Trump fan, and that um, he, he, it was some sort of uh, well-known character in San Francisco, a nudist, yes. and he was uh, uh, in a gay bar, and Pelosi's husband picked him up, and they were drunk, and, uh, and how did he get in Pelosi's house, and the FBI are going to be 
uh, coming in to make sure that the truth doesn't get out. And it's just amazing the stuff that they they came up with almost instantaneously to sort of layer all sorts of um, mistruths over what may or may not have happened and um, uh, actually sort of define, uh, you know, delineating some sort of truth uh, from it, what actually happened, just becomes more and more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not going to be able to put this genie back in the bottle. I mean, there are lots of people out there amplifying these false theories about what took place in San Francisco on Friday in the early hours of, uh, uh, of Friday morning. Uh, I mean, it's also important, I think, to underscore, Nick, that we've seen other really alarming developments in the last two weeks. There have been, and I know you've talked about this on your program many times before, multiple examples in the last couple of weeks of deep fake videos, manipulating deliberately manipulated videos doing the rounds on the social media platforms. One uh, that purportedly shows uh, Jill Biden, the first lady of the United States, uh, being insulted with a profanity by a child at a Diwali celebration. It never happened. Another uh, raises uh, questions about claims that uh, Kamala Harris never actually made. She's accused and shown on a video uh, to be saying that the vast majority of COVID-19 deaths in the United States uh, took place among the vaccinated. She never actually said it. There's been video this weekend purporting to show uh, large numbers of Republican supporters in Michigan shouting down former President Barack Obama as he addresses uh, a rally uh, using uh, epithets about Joe Biden. That never happened either. And it does feel uh, as though, you know, we are suddenly heading into even more dangerous waters than we've previously occupied. And, and, and those waters may become much darker because in the midterm elections that are now right round the corner, we're going into the final full week of campaigning. Election day is Tuesday week, November the 8th. Over 60% of American voters are going to be looking at a ballot paper that has at least one candidate on it that has denied the legitimacy of the 2020 presidential election. There are over 300 candidates nationwide running for office on the Republican ticket uh, who insist publicly that the 2020 presidential election was rigged when it clearly wasn't. Uh, so we are sort of entering a, a completely new kind of post-truth environment uh, in, in American politics. And this sort of underscores the fact that uh, Donald Trump and his political influence live on in the United States long after uh, he departed the White House. It is further evidence of what a vibrant and potent force he is and, th and that, frankly, these conspiracy theories are now so uh, embedded in society that even if he disappeared from the scene, it's not clear that they would. What isn't um, really uh, very debatable is that Joe Biden doesn't seem to be um, a, a man uh, who is vigorous enough to keep going for very much longer. I mean, I compare him to... Uh, um, Barack Obama. There was a video that was on uh, my Twitter feed today mm. about Barack Obama talking about Social Security. Did you see that? 
Yes, absolutely. It yep. was very, very good. And I, and looking at it, I just thought, oh, just please run again. Are they allowed to run again? <laughs> well, actually, Barack Obama could run again uh, because you're allowed two uh, terms in office. Uh, could he run again? Actually, could he run again? No, you're allowed two terms in office, but they don't have to be successive. So I don't think he could run again, right. but Michelle Obama could certainly run. Um, look, I mean, I think there's no question that every time Barack Obama in the last throes of these election campaigns uh, emerges on the uh, on the hustings, uh, there are many Democrats out there that sort of look wistfully at him and look at the uh, relative, relatively sedate approach that Joe Biden takes. I mean, President Biden at the moment insists that he is, it is his intention, as he puts it, to seek a second term in the Oval Office. The reality is that the outcome of the midterm elections are to a very large degree going to seal his fate. If the Republicans capture uh, both houses of Congress... Uh, he will be a lame duck in the White House for the next two years. And the first question everybody will want to ask him on November the 9th is, so you're not running really, are you? And, uh, you know, pressure will mount on him to stand down at the end of the first term. If the Republicans only capture the House of Representatives and the Democrats hold on to the Senate, um, or the Democrats, you know, in their wildest dreams, retain uh, man manage to retain control of both houses of Congress, uh, then I think we'll be in a in a different world. So, I mean, the next eight or nine days are absolutely going to be det determinative uh, in whether he does go ahead and seek a second term in office. And they're also going to be determinative about what Donald Trump does, because the success or failure a lot of, of a lot of these Trump-endorsed candidates on the right uh, will, I think, give us all a fresh measure uh, of where the electorate stands. I mean, it is extraordinary to imagine that candidates like Dr. Oz, the doctor off the telly who's <laughs> running for the Senate seat in Pennsylvania, or Herschel Walker, the former football player down in Georgia, who is campaigning on a platform of being opposed to abortion under all, all circumstances, with no exceptions, although we've learned in the course of the last few weeks that he has personally paid for at least two oh. abortions well, uh, for no women whom he's, no he's allegedly impregnated. I mean, yes. I mean but, but the idea that these people are even within shouting distance of victory in these races, much less neck and neck and in some polls ahead of their rivals is an absolutely extraordinary reflection of where the country appears to be. But let's see if it really is there after all the votes are counted. Well, never mind about Dr. Oz. The you're fired guy off the telly used to be the president. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, well, and of course, Dr. Oz is completely ripped from uh, the, the the pages of, of Trump's uh, election campaign and election win. I mean, would... Dr. Oz off the telly really have been able to mount this kind of a campaign without uh, not just the backing of Donald Trump, but without the example of Donald Trump to follow. You know, the Republicans have, in various races across the country, appointed an array of characters as candidates who under normal circumstances would never have been seen as being qualified to enter the United States Senate. But this is all part of the transformation in politics on the right here that Donald Trump continues to preside over. People who are unqualified for their position. Gosh, there's uh, <laughs> well, I wonder, <laughs> something so familiar about that. I was that. wondering if you were going to compare Joe Biden with the life of a lettuce. Maybe we should start another lettuce can. <laughs> Simon, good to talk to you. Simon Cheers, Marks, mate. LBC's Washington correspondent.